Hello and welcome to Mortgage Insider from Barclays, the podcast series for mortgage brokers. I'm Phil Spencer. You may know me from a certain TV property program. What you might not know is that I trained as a surveyor and launched and ran one of the UK's first ever property search companies. In this series, I'll be using my experience to get to the heart of the biggest issues in mortgage broking. You'll hear from industry leaders, brokers, as well as Barclays' own in-house experts. We'll share insight and expertise to help you navigate the challenges, the changes and the opportunities that lie ahead for intermediaries in 2023. It's widely recognised that the financial services industry needs to be more inclusive and make the advice it gives more accessible, and that, of course, includes mortgage advice. We spoke to one broker, Jodie Spreadbury of the Mortgage Broker Limited, and she told us why financial advice and mortgage advice needs to be more accessible. I feel like people tend to be more confident when they can see someone that they they relate to. Um, I would hope I'm still classed as young-ish, but a, a young female professional in our industry. Thankfully, there are far more female professionals than there have been in recent years. It's lovely to see that that growing. But I think for customers, if they can see somebody who they feel comfortable talking to, they feel comfortable asking the the questions that they may feel embarrassed about not knowing the answers to, if they're getting clear, direct advice, hopefully it means a better a better journey for them. The perception that you're going to get advice from the old style bank manager, and I I believe that some potentially the younger demographic or definitely female customers may not feel as comfortable engaging with a man, especially if it's something that they're not overly confident in themselves. They may have some questions that they want to make sure they've they've fully understood. And if jargon's being used and they've not necessarily understood it correctly, they may walk away feeling completely deflated rather than fully informed. And for me personally, I I take the time with each customer. Some do definitely want more handholding than others, but I I like to make sure that everyone's fully understood exactly what's going to be happening. Let's face it, buying a property, getting a mortgage is pretty much the biggest financial purchase you're going to make in your life. Who wants to be doing that if they're not comfortable? That was Jodie Spreadbury. We also spoke to Sydney Wager, Mortgage Intermediary Partnerships Director at Barclays. I've seen this agenda become real. Okay, I've seen increased levels of curiosity. I've seen the trade associations and trade bodies beginning to come together to genuinely understand the challenge and also the size of the challenge. I've seen work from IMLA, AMI, um, DIFF, as well as work that we're doing internally in Barclays. I've seen an acceleration and a desire to get to an endpoint more quickly. And I think that curiosity is increasingly leading to more tangible outputs. Um, seeing seeing people sign up to things like the Race at Work Charter, etc. So, look, there is a lot going on. But as I've often said, and, and I've probably bored people with the fact that, I, that I'm very impatient around this because I think that it, it's long overdue. So the reality for me is, that, is that, that I wish it could move quicker. I wish we could move at a greater pace. It may mean that m- more of those bodies need to align so there's congruence in the thinking. Now let's take that to the next level. 
and start to look at all elements and you know ranging from from attraction retention development um and that's that's for both clients and for individuals within the industry and and that and they're, they're things I'm really passionate about. Do I think a lot has changed? Yes, I do. Do I want it to change even quicker than it has? Of course I do. And But I'm often reminded, whilst I'm in one of those impatient uh, moments, that we probably wouldn't have even had be, or been having this conversation two and a half years ago. So the fact that this is happening and the fact that there are other initiatives like this, the fact that the industry as well is not only beginning to recognise the need, but beginning to champion those that are really doing some wonderful stuff in this space to really to really tell the story. Because I think I think the best way or one of the ways, because there are a number of ways, there are no silver bullets here, but I think the storytelling and helping people understand through that really, really powerful tool is beginning is beginning to really resonate. So so I think in summary Lots has been happening, but we clearly got lots more to do, and I'd love to see it move significantly quicker. That was Sydney Wager, Mortgage Intermediary Partnerships Director at Barclays. So how can the mortgage industry make its advice more accessible? To try and answer that question, I'm joined by Emmanuel Asuko, who's a TV commentator, financial advisor, and author of the book Get Your Money Right. Emmanuel Great to meet you. Thank you for coming in. Can we start with the big question? Is financial advice, including mortgage advice, of course, accessible to all? Or or are there swathes of the population, do you think, who are feeling a little bit overwhelmed and a bit baffled? Because it's complex stuff, isn't it? Yeah, no, thanks for having me. It's great to to meet you in person. Um, I think for me, I don't think it's accessible as people would imagine. I think people there are things that are changing and I think it's something that we're trying to do uh, as an industry to try and get financial advice um, out to more people, including mortgage advice. But Mm -hmm. the reality is it tends to be people that can afford it get access to it. And if you feel that you can't afford it or you feel like you don't belong in that space, you tend to ask a friend or ask someone close to you. And if they don't know, then maybe you feel like it's not a space that you should be in. Mm. And it's it's a really important topic to understand. And, and as I said, it, it's it's complicated. And and what I'm always conscious of is that all of us are in our own unique situation. So yes. what may may be good advice for me be bad advice for you? Yeah, and that's why it's so important to get advice. But when you when you look out, so now we're seeing less banks on the high street, for example. So you can't necessarily just walk into the bank on your high street and ask to speak to someone, yeah. mortgage advisor, financial advisor, whatever. Yeah. And then so what happens is is that when you then look look online or look look at it yeah. the people that are going to give you advice do they look like you do they represent you if you're a female do they represent you if you're from an ethnic minority do they represent you even if you're from if you feel like like myself you're from a council state do you feel like like a bank is a place where you belong or where you're going to fit in or do you feel okay. like you're going to stick out like a sore thumb because you in your mind you have a perception that only really wealthy people who have gone to you know the top universities yeah. get access to this type of advice so yeah, I hadn't thought about some of that, and you're absolutely right. But but when, when you say the advice is available, you, you can go on the internet. It, it's there. It's, but I guess also what you're adding into that is is whether people are informed enough to understand that. 
Exactly. All, As in understand the complexity of the information that's out there, because there is an awful lot of information. We've gone the other way. When we first started, this information wasn't readily available, to be yeah. honest. And you had to go to a bank or have someone, have a family friend or someone who had the knowledge to give it to you. Now we've gone the other way where the information is available on the internet, but you have to work out there's so much of it. Yeah. What works for me? And, you yeah. know, especially in the finance industry compared to a lot of others, the amount of jargon, terms and stuff like that. And when you haven't had financial education, either in the home or at school, yes. these words don't mean anything. They're not words you use every single yes. day. So the whole thing becomes overwhelming. Exactly. And, and can become embarrassing as well. So when I speak to a lot of people, you know, they shy away from finance and money. They say, oh, I don't do money. I don't talk about finance and so right. forth. And that's more to do with them not feeling confident to, yes. to have these conversations. And they don't want to feel embarrassed yeah. that if someone says a term that they don't understand, they're going to feel that they're uneducated. And so they tend to shy away from it. So it, it's vital that, that brokers tailor their advice to the specific person. And, and that can't be done in an unregulated world over TikTok or something. Exactly, it can't be done. And so for me, what I want, what I think is really important is for people mm. to to use places like, you know, social media to get maybe an understanding yes. um, and get better bit information, but you understand that you can reach out to a broker. You know, yeah. a lot of these brokers will give you an initial meeting for free. There's not even a mm. that there's not even a, a charge element that you need to worry about. Actually, it's just about going out and and being able to find these people and and, and reach out to them to get advice. But but you're, you you made the point. And you're absolutely right. People may feel a bit embarrassed yeah. with their lack of knowledge and, and therefore they don't want to reach out. It's really difficult because they need to reach out. They've got to understand it. You can't be getting involved in a financial product unless you you understand it. Yeah, and, that, and that's where I feel us as an industry, we have to do more. Yeah. And, and, and it goes to the point of for a lot of, when I speak to a lot of um, brokers, financial advisors, they, they admire what I do, but they say, you know, I'm I'm able to do it because I'm independent. I'm not tied to any firm. I have my own company. I, I'm I'm independent, and obviously I'm on TV, so I have a brand and people yeah. listen. Yeah. Whereas if they wanted to post on social media, they've got to get it through compliance I and, and yes. so forth. So a lot of the stuff that they would want to say can't. They can't even do it, so they yeah. don't even bother. Mm. And the thing about social media, I guess, is that if the content is quite vanilla, like this is a mortgage and this something it, it, it's going to be difficult to catch people's attention because there are there's so much content out there yeah. so typically you need to make it edgy or make it more exciting and more fun and that's where you can kind of go against maybe certain policies and so forth so it's really important for for brokers and advisors to understand what is the you know social media regulation within mm. the, within the within the industry what what are the rules that they have to stick to yeah. but also understand if they need to separate themselves from from their brand or whether they need to set up a separate brand to give them a bit more freedom to be able to okay. talk more the the weird thing is is that there are loads of people who are unregulated that can say what they like and they're free to express whatever they feel and they're not regulated and nobody will will come for them if 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 somebody takes their advice and it goes wrong so i think that needs to be changed as well that's quite dangerous ground it's very dangerous so there are people popping up on TikTok going, yeah, if you're like me, you should do this. Exactly. Saying, I would I would recommend this. I had someone talk about trust the other day, which is a very complicated subject, and, and said you should do this one trust. And I was like, my goodness, like I would, we would never, ever, yeah. as advisors, ever recommend one thing to fit all. But if you're not regulated and, and you can say what you like. so it's, And people have fit, 
People are surprised when I tell people that, oh, that they're not a financial advisor, they're not regulated. Yeah. People don't realise. They just think if someone's out there talking with such confidence, and, and, they and, must be. And someone that they associate with and they, yeah. Exactly. So they just assume that this person knows what they're talking about and they must be qualified. And so it's really important that people, that there's something out there to show that if you're, if you are just talking from your experience, that's all it is, is experience. It's not advice. What, what would you say, what, what's the impact of feeling like you've been excluded from from advice or feeling that it's not right for you or you can't access it? I, this is very personal to me because I feel like my, my parents um, who came from Nigeria and came to the, to the UK didn't get the financial advice I would have liked them to have. And that's okay. one of the, the things that motivates me to do what I, I do now is to be the financial advisor that my parents should have had but didn't. Yeah. And I think when you when you don't get the right financial advice, you have to learn from mistakes. Mm. And depending on the mistakes you make, some people are still paying off these mistakes 10, 15 years later. It can, really? set, it can set you back. We've had people, you know, buy in the wrong place and end up, you know, buying properties that weren't, weren't good. And so ended up losing those properties and still having a mortgage to pay afterwards. We've had people go bankrupt and so forth because of bad financial decisions. And so it's really important to get that advice. Bad financial decisions or bad advice? or Because or, they're not necessarily connected, are they? Very good point. Both. So yeah. sometimes you make the decision yourself. Yeah. And sometimes because you can't, you're not getting the advice from the bank or someone who's trained and regulated, mm. you go and get the advice from somebody who's not regulated. And when things go wrong, they, they go missing and you're left to, to ha- handle yeah. the fall. Potentially very scary. Yes. What can be done about it? Do you, would, I, I wonder whether we will have financial advice as, a, as a, like a topic in school. Do you think that... I mean, it feels like we should have because it comes down to education. Yeah, I, I this is something I'm fighting for. You know, we are really fighting and pushing to to get it. There's already a law to say, you know, it should be taught in school. So mm. that already exists. Um, however, I think that there are quite a few issues in regards to how much more pressure can we put on teachers to, to actually deliver this? They've got a lot to do and, and there's a huge curriculum. And then also in regards to even those teachers that do want to do it, do they feel financially confident because they might not feel that they're good at their money as well? Yeah, I mean, at, at school level, you just need a fairly basic understanding by the time you leave school exactly. of your own personal finances. It's important because if you really think, about, think about university, the first thing you do when, when you go to university, you get a student loan, <laughs> yeah. student credit card, student overdraft, no. and no one's ever taught you about money. No. It's, if it's, that's not setting you up to fail i don't know what is do you know what I mean? you better keep working you better keep doing what you do um can, can we talk a bit about consumer duty because i know Please, it comes yes. in end of july um how is that going to help making advice more accessible and will it actually force the hand of intermediaries by ensuring that they've got an obligation to better tailor their advice to the person they're giving it to well, what's your perspective on that i think consumer duty that the, the the aim of consumer duty i totally understand and i think you know in, in theory it, it works you know you should tailor your advice to the person that's in front of you but i think the reality is that it adds more complexity it adds more compliance and it can almost put people off from wanting to engage with clients that are not straightforward if you know what i mean yeah. so one of the big issues when we talk about consumer duties is a client vulnerable or not yes and so you can meet someone and they could seem perfectly fine yeah. the first time you meet them then they might have a divorce they might have a, something happen at work and then all of a sudden mm. you meet them again and now they're vulnerable and it's mm. if, if, if they don't tell you or if you don't get this out you could feel quite as, a, as an advisor you can feel almost afraid to give advice because you it's yeah. going to all end up with you so yeah. 
then what happens is, is that you then look for a certain type of client. And so it means that certain people will not get advice because you feel like those people will be de- that could be detrimental but, to and, your business. And that exacerbates the problem. This is it. So this these are these are the things. And then also when you then say you must have one level of service for, for everybody. So if somebody yeah. comes to your firm, there should be one charge. How does that help if I'm meeting somebody who's just starting out and they've got a small amount of money, but I want to give them advice, would it be right for me to give them the same fee as somebody else who's more established and already has stuff normally in my firm we we tend to to not do that we tend to try and help people to get started but if we have to give everybody the same fee to make sure that there's a black there's a blanket fee for everybody Mm. it might mean that again some people can't get access to the advice market and then have to go online Mm. and 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 you know get 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 advice somewhere else it sounds like you're not a fan no 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 not at all fair enough well, what can um, brokers and indeed the, the wider mortgage industry actually do then to make the advice that they give more more inclusive, more accessible, easier to understand and, and put it into layman's terms? What, what what should they be up to? I think the biggest thing for me is actually trying to meet people where they're at. So we know people are people are on social media, but also we know that people now tend to prefer videos as opposed to yeah. to text so actually are we meeting people where they're at if if this is how people are taking information as 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 an industry we should say well this is how they take information we need to change but it feels like we have been doing this for so long you must fit in if you want to get our advice or if you want to work with us mm. and actually by doing that it excludes people i think and also we need to we need to be where people are at we need to speak to them and say how can i be how can i be of service to you as opposed to saying this is our service take it as yeah. it is yeah yeah is there an onus on a broker to explain to somebody all of their options? And, and by the nature of that, simply because of the numbers of mortgage products, et cetera, et cetera, out there, and, and general financial advice, that that in itself can become confusing. Or, or do you feel that they were, were able to set out the options, narrow it down, and give the specific advice about a specific product? Um I would personally say me as a, when, when, when I was doing, being a broker and, and giving mortgage advice, I, I wanted to educate my clients as well. And, and, and I feel like that's important because that education, they can then take that back to their families and their homes and educate those people around them. So I wouldn't just give them their option and say, this is the best mortgage for you. I would explain these are these are the options that are available to you, whether this is interest only or repayment or or whether we or whether we're doing offset, whatever it may be, the product, and let them understand the differences and then explain why I'm picking this particular one and I thought it's, this is the best for their situation. Yeah, terrific. That's that's good to hear. Emmanuel, really, really great to talk to you. Please keep doing what you're doing. It's highly, highly important. That was Emmanuel Asuko, TV commentator, financial advisor and author of the book Get Your Money Right. The views expressed by external guests in this podcast are their opinions only and do not necessarily reflect the views of Barclays. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Insider. I'm Phil Spencer and this has been a Fresh Air production for Barclays. Please rate, review and follow the podcast on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.